1, 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, concerning the word of heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was, was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us, that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too, you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Mary Thomas. Good morning. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so great to see you. Um, I, um, if you want to experience something wonderful this afternoon, Aaron, I don't know what's happening here. I'm just going to let it do that. If you want to experience something wonderful this afternoon, um, Google funny letters to Santa. I had no idea about this phenomenon. There's literally hundreds of pictures of letters to Santa that children have written that their parents have, you know, posted, taken pictures of and posted. I want to read to you... Um, some of, the, some of my favorite that I found digging around on the interwebs uh, earlier. Here's one. It says this. Dear Santa, I want an order of French fries, a computer, and a chicken nugget. <laughs> Which I think, uh, read like that one. I think uh, this kid is confusing Santa with Ronald McDonald. But uh, here's another one. Quote, my revised Santa list for Christmas... A PS4, a hoverboard, a golden watch, $29, and three golden chains. I don't know. $29 feels oddly specific. I don't know why. But anyway, you can't make this up. Here's another one. <laughs> I want a rainbow unicorn that poops ice cream. You remember those commercials? Was that for the Squatty Potty commercial I was? I mean, who doesn't want one of those? It's amazing. Hundreds of those out there. One that I found that was floating around the internet um, was written by a six-year-old boy. You could tell this was um, uh, done for a class assignment. Their teacher made them write letters to Santa, and it's funny. It's all, it's all misspelled, and it's in crayon. It's cute. But here's what, um, here's what this one kid wrote. Quote, Dear Santa, I'm only doing this for the class. I know your naughty list is empty, and your good list is empty, and your life is empty. <laughs> you don't know the trouble I've had in my life. Goodbye. And then he signed it, I'm not even telling you my name. <laughs> I mean, that is savage, savage anti-Santa sentiment. But, you know, it's um, for as much as... This kid not being a fan of Santa, you, I would think he's in the minority because for the most part, Santa's pretty awesome. His, uh, you know, his work ethic is commendable. I mean, he's, is the, what he's able to pull off in a, on a night alone is impressive. He's uh, extremely generous. All the presents, all the things that he gives and he gives, his um, jolly attitude is contagious. I mean, who doesn't want that level of jaw in their, in their soul. But um, here's what nobody wants. Nobody wants Santa as your Christmas gift. 
You don't come down and go into the living room and underneath the tree is Santa laying there waiting for you. That, that would be odd and confusing for lots of different levels. You don't want him. You want a PS4. You want an iPhone. You want $29. But you don't want him. And this is where um, the God of the Bible and Santa really start to part ways. Because what Christmas really is, the point of Christmas is that God has given us himself in the person of Jesus. That's, that's what he has given. He's given us him. In fact, this passage um, that Mary Thomas beautifully just read for us, um, in 1 John, this, these opening verses are about how God has revealed himself to us in the person of Jesus, that he has made what is invisible visible. In fact, you see that word manifest pop up throughout this uh, verse, uh, throughout the, this passage, and that's what it means. Look at verse 2. It says, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. But the question is, okay, why would God manifest himself? Why would he reveal himself in the person of Jesus? Well, look at verse uh, 3. It says, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. God reveals himself to us. He gives himself to us in the person of Jesus so that we would be in fellowship with him and with one another. Keep going. Look at verse 4. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So this is the point. This is why God does this. He gives us Jesus so that we might have joyful fellowship with him and with one another. There's this um, article that was written earlier this year in the Washington Post uh, about this man named Vaughn Smith, who's a carpet cleaner in the kind of Washington, D.C. area. Fairly normal guy, except for this phenomenon that he speaks 24 languages, fluent in 24 languages, and actually knows how to converse to some degree in 45 languages, which is insane. He's, he's known as um, a polyglot, which is not an attractive sounding word, but that's what that's, what that's called, somebody who knows all these languages, a polyglot. And the, the woman who was writing this article followed him around for about two months and uh, interviewed him, interviewed his family, interviewed all of his friends to try to get to the bottom of, okay, what on earth possesses somebody to learn 24 to 45 languages? Too much sugar. And um, <laughs> the, the, the post-Christmas crash, we're in the middle of it right now, all the children, woke up at 5 a.m., slept for 30 minutes last night, pumped themselves full of ice cream and cookies this morning, and they're like, let's sit, let's sit in church for a few minutes and be still. Just, it's a, just a bad idea. <laughs> so this, this uh, woman is interviewing all these people to try to figure out why is, what, what would possess somebody to learn all of these languages? And so they, they tell his story, and his story is pretty fascinating. As he was growing up, uh, he was bullied he was kind of the outsider in his class and the outsider in his school. His, his parents got divorced, and when he was 14, he went to go live with his father in D.C. And he found himself in a school filled with international kids, kids from Brazil and Ethiopia and Romania. 
And he, he learned pretty quickly, if I'm going to make friends, if I'm going to connect with these new classmates, I have to learn their language. And so he went to the, like, the school library and studied and learned Portuguese quickly. I mean, obviously the guy's an off-the-charts genius, but he would, he would go back to school and then start speaking the native language with some of his classmates, and he would say their faces would light up, uh, happiness would wash over them, and they would be able to connect. He said they would be able to be known and loved and seen, and more than that, we would be able to connect with each other, have a friendship, have fellowship with one another. In fact, one of his um, friends that they were interviewing said um, this, that he would just start learning all of these languages, so much so you'd be walking down the street and you'd hear some people talking in a cafe. They'd be on the sidewalk at, at, you know, having coffee or whatever, and he'd overhear them speaking some obscure language that he knew and would be able to start speaking with them, and their faces would light up. And he said, by the end of this conversation, they would have invited us over for dinner that night. And so here's this man that as he's growing up, he is... He is doing the hard work of entering into the reference point of somebody else, their world, their language, doing the heavy lifting of entering into their world so that that person might be seen, so that that person might be known, and so that they might have fellowship. It's this beautiful picture of generosity, beautiful picture of sacrificial giving, and it's the picture of Christmas, that's what God has done. He has entered into our world. He has entered into our, he's done the hard work of entering into our space so that we might be known, so that we might be loved, and so that we might have fellowship with him. That's the gift of Christmas is that we get Jesus. We get, he's the gift. His mercy, his kindness, his protection, his friendship, his righteousness, his glory, it's ours because he did the hard work of coming to us. You know, we, in church, we, we speak about um, forgiveness a lot. Forgiveness is kind of a Christian-y, churchy word. And the wonder of forgiveness is um, not that we just have a, an assuaged conscience. Our dirty conscience just gets to feel better. That's a wonderful byproduct. But the point of forgiveness within the framework of the Bible, is so that you are now able to have a relationship with Jesus. You know, we talk about um, the kingdom a lot in church. We talk about the kingdom in Christian spaces, this idea that one day, someday, God's going to come and restore and make everything right with the world. The point of that is not just so you and I get to experience a pain-free utopia, as wonderful as that might be, but the point of that is so that we're in an environment where we are finally and fully able to experience and enjoy the glory of Jesus. You know, salvation is good news, not because it's this good thing that's separate from Jesus. Salvation is good news because it's the very thing that connects us to Jesus. He's the point of it all. He's the gift behind the whole deal. You know, iPhones are great, and AirPods are wonderful, and iPod shuffles are amazing, but they eventually break, and they become obsolete, and they end up in a dumpster, or they end up in a pawn shop, or a museum eventually. Clothes are awesome. I got some awesome clothes this morning. 
they're eventually going to run out or wear out and end up in a you know goodwill or the trash. Um, Christmas cookies are so fun and so addictive, and they get stale and they get moldy and they get gross if you don't eat them. Jesus is eternal, and His love for you is imperishable, and it never runs out and it never wears out. And the glory of Christmas is that He has given himself and his love to you for free. Hallelujah. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you that in your kindness and in your goodness, you have chosen to give us something that is eternal, something that is mind-blowingly good, the very person and the very work of Jesus. Father, as we gather here this morning, loaded up on sugar and caffeine and not enough sleep, I pray that you would awaken our hearts once again to the glory of the incarnation, the glory of the gift of Jesus, that we get him completely by grace, received completely by faith. And I pray that that would warm our hearts and our souls. We pray all this in his name.